What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast edition of the AEW Insider. As always, we got a heck of a show. In this episode, we covered Joey Ryan suing his hashtag speaking out accusers, who Roman Reigns revealed that he would love to have a dream match with, why there was no Raw Underground or Retribution on Raw last night, Lance Archer compares himself to Brock Lesnar and Undertaker, and so much more. Remember, if you don't see me here, definitely check out our YouTube under the AEW Insider. I post videos on there when I'm not doing podcasts. And stick around to the end of the show if you want to see how you can win a Bray Wyatt Fiend WWE action figure. So let's get to the news. Well, actually, first off, I do want to give a shout out and a thank you to our listener, Travis Brenton. He sent me a voicemail on Anchor and asked where I've been and requested more podcasts. So thank you, Travis. It was good hearing from you. I have been here, bro. I've been doing shows on Anchors and YouTube, on Anchor and YouTube, and it's just hard to find time at times. I work full-time, I'm a full-time dad, life in general, what have you, so I do my best and I hope it's enough for your loyal listeners. I did not put up a result show after Night of Champions or Clash of Champions because when I put too many shows close to each other, people just skip the episode before and they just go to the new one and that just doesn't work for all of us. So I have to space them out so people listen to all the shows and not just skip it. So anyway, I'm droning on, peeps. Let's start off with AEW. Muro did an interview with Chris Van Belay on YouTube today. It was very good. He talked AEW about his girl Lana and a very sexual storyline with Bobby Lashley and WWE. What he had to say about WWE, he said it was dreadful compared to now. He said there's nothing to be worried about, and they've never been worried about anything even before. It doesn't matter what people think. I've always been happy. Just going to work has been a little bit dreadful, but now that's gone. There are no dreadful moments in my life at all. And on him, how he signed with AEW. So I was sitting at home doing my Twitch, and I found that they were interested, so we got in contact. It didn't start off great because I had other opportunities, but I knew I didn't want to just go to any place. I knew I wanted to go to two places, AEW and another one. There's another place that I really want to go, and I will eventually, because that's just how it's going to happen. So they called me, and we talked back and forth, and even Chris Jericho said they wanted to bring me in. They wanted to bring me in with the purpose of not to just bring me in to have me just there. So they came up with an idea with me and Kip, me being his best man. And I think the best man is so suiting because of everything that I do. I thought it was a great stick. And it's not just a stick. It's actually fitting because it's my personality. So it was just a no-brainer. I was like, yeah, let's do that. And now back to WWE talk with him. When he had his wife had that storyline with Bobby Lashley, people asked, was that the original plan for Liv Morgan or were they going to have her be in it more? He said there was no plan. It was just to have Liv Morgan there for a one-time pop. No plan at all. A lot of things were made for one-time pops. That was it. It was meant to get people talking because at the time, the showrunner was about getting people talking and controversy. That's why the whole thing happened. 
You know, the Bobby thing, it was all about controversy and we achieved that. And fortunately, now there's no follow through. But that's what happens when you change all the time. You build CJ, a.k.a. Lana, to leave her husband and be the worst. She's still probably the baddest heel on their friggin' show. And now she's doing all that for what? To throw away everything. The whole year before, like, nobody remembers that. But again, they can do whatever they want. I'm just stating the obvious. But it was just a one-time pop. And he is absolutely, you know what I mean, right about that. They built that whole storyline up, even though I thought it sucked. And where is it now? Where is Liv now? Where is Lana now? Nothing to do with it. It's over. It's just done. It's stupid. Lance Archer did an interview with Wrestling Inc. And he talked about how a few losses doesn't hurt his gimmick or status with the company. The Murder Hulk said, well, you know, it's a fight. Everybody goes through ups and downs, wins and losses, bumps in the road. And I don't let anything like that slow me down. I think there's some people out there in the wrestling world, you know, fan base and whatnot. Oh, you lost, you lost, you lost. And I'm like, so what? Everybody in the business has lost. Undertaker's lost at WrestleMania, and that was never supposed to happen, but it did. Brock Lesnar, the baddest man in the business, he's lost to some of the most interesting people in the world. So to lose a match doesn't mean the end of the world in professional wrestling and absolutely didn't mean the end of the world for the Murder Hulk monster in AEW. It just focused me more to push forward and push harder and become even bigger, stronger, and badder and kick more ass than I've ever done before. I definitely like that outlook, and I'm a fan of the Murder Hawk since he was in WWE and New Japan eons ago. That dude's great, and it's great he's getting a proper shot and push. All right, peeps, I got to pay the bills real quick. We will be right back. I got some WWE news. I got some Impact Wrestling news, and I got some crazy random wrestling news. We'll be right back. All right, peeps, welcome back. Remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1 as in the number one. Stick around to the end of the show to hear how you can win that Fiend WWE action figure. Speaking of WWE, let's get to it. During an interview with Compact, excuse me, Complex Load Management Podcast, WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns commented on a possible dream match against none other than CM Punk. Roman said, all the way from someone as big as The Rock to someone like CM Punk, for instance, someone who really hits home with our audience, our hardcore fans. If you watch wrestling for the past 10 to 15 years and you love it, it's within your blood. Then you probably have some kind of feelings about that guy. I know I do. Just by doing one of these things, he made my job a lot harder. If it's something that the fans can get behind and that it can really, they can sink their teeth into the product, I'm, I, excuse me, and really dive into creative with us, I'm willing to do it. I don't like the guy. I don't know many who do, but I'm willing to put business first and make really good content if that's the case. He'd probably have to get slapped around a few times in order to get his mind right, but if he's willing and the fans and the audience are going to like it and be into it, then most likely I'm going to be into it. The Roman Reigns match Sunday night to me was so fucking good. Not for the match itself, really, but the storytelling and the realism. I have not liked Roman since he split up with The Shield. But I must say, his wheel work, excuse me, his heel work has me hopping right back on the Roman train. 
Only as a heel, of course. Once he turns babyface again, which he will sometime in the future, I'm hopping right the fuck off that train. Now, there is a lot of hype and talk about a Rock and Roman Reigns match, possibly in Hollywood, for WrestleMania next year. Man, if that happens, it would be great. And if it does, and Roman is still a heel at the time, I would actually go for Roman. I never thought in a million fucking years I'd say that, but I would. Now, about Clash of Champions with Nikki Cross and the tag team, Nikki Cross and the women's tag titles. Rumors are that COVID-19 concerns about Nikki Cross, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler actually was what kept them off the show. So Liv Morgan had something to say about her being able to compete for those tag titles. She said, two girls just had a very lucky night. Now I just have more time to prep myself for those WWE tag, champ tag team championship. So Liv is still playing with the story, her character, calling those two lucky because they freaking got restricted for COVID and saying, I'll see you chicks in the future. Also, the reason Retribution has not been on Raw or the pay-per-view is because all the main members on Retribution are in a two-week quarantine for COVID-19. None of them have it, but they were in contact with somebody who did have the virus. So for safety precautions, they are on a two-week quarantine. If all goes well, they will be back for the upcoming WWE draft. Some fans were happy that Retribution was put in a quarantine and they were vocal about it online, which Dominic Dijakovic, a.k.a. T-Bar, responded to by tweet. He said, if your response to the news that people were potentially exposed to COVID-19 was good, then you probably should reassess your morals as a human being. After Clash of the Champions, Stone Cold hosted another episode of the Broken Skull Ranch with guest star Kurt Angle. Boy, it was a good one. You could tell that they really admire each other. And it was pretty much like two old buddies sitting there watching some of Kurt's best matches and moments and just talking about them. Plus, some other stuff was revealed about Kurt's career. If you haven't seen it, you got to definitely fucking watch it. On Raw last night, Robert Roode made his return to take on Drew McIntyre for his open challenge for the for this title. Now that gives me a 99.9% .9 hope that the mystery NXT vandal is none other than Bo Dallas. I reported early in the week or last, excuse me, last week that it could only be Bobby Roode or Bo Dallas. So I feel it will be Bo Dallas since they wouldn't, why would they put Roode back on Raw and then just send him back down to NXT? But we should, we probably will see who that person is by takeover at the end of the week. Also, there was no Raw Underground segment last night. I was legit waiting for the third hour. A little Raw Underground third hour to pick me up, and it was nowhere to be found. Well, here's why. According to Fightful Select, WWE never filmed Raw Underground this week. They pre-taped the segments, and they did not film any prior to tonight's show. Blame was placed on the company being short on available names to be in Raw Underground. There was a COVID-19 outbreak in NXT, and many people were affected. A lot of people who stand around the Raw Underground ring are from the Performance Center. As a result, WWE having those problems, the segment was deemed unnecessary for this episode. And also, NXT TakeOver is this Sunday, and I will have a full card and prediction sometime in the later in the week for you guys and gals. All right, peace. we got to take on one more break. We'll finish up the show. Like I said, I got some crazy random wrestling sporting news. we got to pay those bills, though. I'll be right back. 
All right, peeps, welcome back. Remember to stick around to the end of the episode to find out how you can win a WWE Elite Fiend action figure. Now let's move over to Impact Wrestling. According to the PW Insider, Rob Van Dam and his girlfriend Katie Forbes have both left Impact Wrestling. Multiple sources have confirmed this. It is reported that the couple's storyline ended and that was the root of their departure. RBD hadn't been under con contract at Impact Wrestling for some time and was working on a series of short-term agreements. The most recent feud RBD was involved with dealt with Sammy Callahan. He has said in the past he had a few WWE projects he's been working on, and he also said that he'd be sitting home if need be. But if he left Impact and took his girl with him, he already has a deal somewhere for both of them. She loves being on camera, and she would not leave there unless she had somewhere to go where she could be seen. It will be fun to see where this great couple pops up. On to random wrestling and sporting news. On his podcast, Keeping It 100, Conan gave some props and very high praise to her current WWE superstar. That superstar is Ricochet. This is what Conan had to say about King Rick. He said, another guy is like, excuse me, another guy is a guy like Ricochet. He is someone that you should watch because it doesn't matter where he's at on the card. Every single time he goes in the ring, it is 100% authentic, the best of the best. He is a, he's the real fucking deal. He will give you the best every single time. That's exactly what Chris Benoit used to do. A lot of people don't like that I talk about Chris Benoit, but when I'm speaking about him, uh, excuse me, because it's before that he did the wrong things in his life. That was Chris's reputation. He was the best. Same with Haku, same with the Dynamite Kid. If those guys were in the ring, then you were getting a beating and you were getting entertained because there was nothing else. They believed it and they lived for it and they gave you that. So in order to become an iconic figure in a business, you need to do that. You have to give fans what they paid for. So, I mean, that's very, very high praise. Um, a fan tweeted to CM Punk and asked him if he watched WWE's Clash of Champions, which Punk simply replied, nope. James Storm did an interview when he talked about WWE. We saw him wrestle a few times on NXT a couple years back or last year, and then he vanished. He claims that he had a deal. The deal was set. Everything was in place. He was supposed to debut for WWE after WrestleMania, and then COVID-19 struck. He said there's no doubt in his mind that he will be with WWE again. He just doesn't know when. And finally... Accused pervert Joey Ryan has filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against his hashtag speaking out accusers. There's three of them, actually. He is claiming a loss of wages and everything for months because of their accusations. Here's a list of claiming what he lost. He says he lost followers on his Twitter account, at least 11,000. Uh, he, and he's not getting a, at least 1,000 followers per month because of it. He says he lost followers on, followers on his Instagram account, at least 8,000, and he's not getting 1,000 a month he was getting. He said he lost venues for his bar wrestling promotion, including Bootleg Theater in Los Angeles, American Legion Hall in Baldwin Park, and Glasshouse in Pomona. He said he lost revenues from bar wrestling in the amount of $1,500 per month for distribution and streaming services and $2,000 a month with their two events per month. 
He said he lost revenue from mechanic, excuse me, merchandising in the amount of $1,000 a month. He lost revenues in his Patreon account of $3,000 a month. He lost revenue in his Cameo account of about $500 per month. He also lost revenue from his Twitch account, which he said was about $1,000 a month, plus subscription shares and tips from subscribers. Uh, he also said lost revenues from wrestling performances of $8,000 to $10,000 a month. He said if he wins, he wants like $5 million from somebody and like $2 million for something else. I forget, but it's like either $7 million or something like that. But if he wins, that's what he wants from all three of those women who accused him of it because he's claiming it's not true. Now, I always believe in being innocent and too proven guilty. But like I said in the past, I met him at WrestleCon last April, and he came off like a real dick. And, I mean, if he's innocent, more power to him. If not, he needs to get banged out, especially for pulling some shit like this. And I heard that one girl's story. She was the daughter of a wrestling promotion, and she would drive him back and forth to the to the events. It sounded fucked up and true to me. But like I said, I don't know. I'm just giving my opinion. All right, Pete. Well, that's it for this episode. Remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms. Also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider. And on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1 as in the number 1. If you want to win a WWE Elite Fiend action figure, you can go to our Facebook, look up AEW Insider, and join our group. Boom. That gives you an entry. And you can also and or go to our YouTube. It's under the AEW Insider. You have to be a subscriber. Besides that, like, share, and comment on any video, and boom, you'll be entered in the drawing. Right now, we got almost, uh, excuse me, 260 subs. As soon as we hit 300, I'll be giving that fiend figure away. So make sure to either go to Facebook or YouTube and do those things so you could be entered. Uh, I will be back in a couple of days with my predictions for NXT TakeOver 31, which I'm excited for because NXT TakeOvers always kick ass. Definitely check out our YouTube for videos that you missed because I do some news on there too. All right, peeps, I'm droning on. I love you guys, and I'll see you in a couple of days. Ciao.